Oh boy. Uh, so what are we chatting uh, today? What are we chatting today? Oh man. So we got Laura in the house <laughs> this week because uh, we started. I'm talking laughing like, already. Why are you laughing, laughing Laura? Already. She's laughing already, man. What? <laughs> so last week we started talking about multicultural relationships. Yep. And uh, yeah, man. So we we spoke about it quite a bit last week, but it was from a boy's perspective. Yes. So we thought we'd get Laura in the house talk about it from a woman's perspective. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, what we call Exactamundo. That's what's exactly up. Exactamundo. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, Laura, this is your stage today. We're 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 co-starring you. Right. Yeah. So we 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 spoke last week and we we spoke at length and we spoke about all the different things and all our different theories. I don't know how that 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 the week ended up for you, Gomi. Oh man! Look, (laughs) (laughs) let's just say I'm not the most popular dude in the world. Well. I never have been, let's be honest. Yeah, well, you know what? You got to live your truth, man. You got to live your truth. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. all it is, man. People don't like it. They can they can step around you. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. I, hey, listen. I'm happy I'm happy for dialogue. I'm happy to get feedback. Um I've never been one to shy away from people expressing their opinions just like I feel like I can express mine. So Yeah. I feel like we all all have the right to to live however we want to live and do what we want to do. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like I I prefaced it with enough disclaimers for people to understand that what I was talking about was purely my observations about what was going on between the dynamics between, you know, African guys moving into the Australian context and then getting involved in relationships. That, that was purely my perspective. Yeah, well, you did your bit, but today is about Laura, so let's hear about Laura. It is. <laughs> Laura. So we must, tell so we'd never get her. Yeah. Tell, the people who you, tell the people who you are and why you're on the show. I just have to share with you, I've got my salt lamp on, I've got my diffuser, I've oh, got, wow. like, dim lights, I'm, like, nice and <laughs> comfortable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've set the mood for a, a nice, fun, relaxing evening with you two. Oh, brilliant. Lovely. Not sure how relaxing Lovely. it's going to be. It might be <laughs> it might be very challenging, but I think we... <laughs> we've been, I have to be challenged. Yeah, you, you know what? We've been uh, referred to as a couple of naughty schoolboys before, so... Yeah. All right, well, now, now you're ready for naughty schoolgirl, then. Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> can, I, okay. can I... Can I join your gang? Oh, definitely. <laughs> we were hoping to get a school teacher that's going to put us in our place. We yeah. got another oh. naughty girl. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm only I'm only interested in your WhatsApp group. I think the boys' ones are always far more interesting than the girls' ones. Y- you reckon? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. All right. We don't know what happens in the girls' ones. We, we can only assume. And the last time we mm, did yeah. that, we got our, our butts handed to us. When... Yeah, so 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 we're not assuming anymore. So we've got you on here now, Laura. Have you been in an interracial relationship before? And uh, what was your sort of expectation going in? 
to that question, I would probably say, when haven't I been in a multicultural relationship? Uh, okay. Just to, just to set the scene. I, said, in fact, I should give you a bit of context. I know you don't plan for your podcast, but I was walking the dog this afternoon thinking, hmm, what am I going to talk about? Yeah. But I thought I just wanted to give a bit of context as to my upbringing because I think I realise that that's probably a big part of the way that I probably relate to people. Um, mm, yeah. So I grew up in London and spent sort of the first, I don't know, 25 years or so in London. Yeah. And, you know, London is obviously very multicultural. That kind Most of goes definitely. without saying. Yeah. yeah. So my, when I first arrived in Perth, I was shocked. I've been here 13 years ago. Mm. Like, what the hell? Where are all the black and brown people? That's right. And it's got, it's got, it's got better over time, but as a white person, like I really noticed that. Anyway, so growing up in London, um, I'm Jewish, so I have a you know kind of strong cultural heritage with a whole bunch of you know expectations and, yeah. and religious things around that. You're going to so marry gonna... a nice Jewish boy who's who's gone through <laughs> his his little ceremony. Not not just a nice little Jewish boy, uh, a brain surgeon or a doctor. Yeah. or an accountant, probably mm-hmm. the same as, you know, any African, Indian, whatever, family. Exactly right. But one thing, mm. well, one thing I want to say is that my school, I think, really set the scene for um, positives. Well, they actually racially profiled everyone. Let me just say, say it how it is. It was very interesting. And um, every class had a balance of um, ethnicity. Oh wow! So I was one of I was one of three Jewish girls in my class. Every and our our year group had seven classes of about thirty. So you know, it's a pretty big school. So every class had three Jewish girls. It had five, you know, African or West Indian. It had half a dozen in, Indian, you know, Asian Indian. Um, had you know half a dozen you know mixed European and then probably you know eight Caucasians and every class was exactly the same and I suppose they did that. Oh wow! To, yeah, it was it was, it was fascinating quietest. and you know this was yeah but it was this was you know in the eighties yeah um, but I think it really made for it meant that of course people always tended to gravitate to each other because of you know shared experience. Um, but it did make for a lot more, I think, understanding and acceptance of each other. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah I, I can see that. That was, a re- that was a really good, I think, solid foundation for being able to relate to different people. And plus, I was at all, an all-girls school as well. Damn. Um, I don't know if that made any difference at all. But that was really, yeah, that was kind of my my grounding for being able to relate to people which I think has always been really important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aspect yeah. To, my, to my personality. And then when I went to uni, was my first real experience of being around boys and then being around all different ethnicities. Yeah. I, I, was, I, I went to Birmingham, which was very black and Asian. Yeah. Um, so I had friends from all different cultures. Um, yeah, and then Birmingham's full that, of Jamaicans, you know, though, isn't it? Yeah. Birmingham, you said it right, like a, <laughs> like a West Indian. <laughs> Birmingham. <laughs> I know we're on the same one, they couldn't pronounce it. Anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> it's funny. Um, 
So that, that's just the context I'm giving you as yeah. to kind of where I where I come from. Yeah, brilliant. Um, but I do have probably a disproportionate, there is a, is the right word to use, amount of ethnic friends, I would say, compared to most people. Okay. And, and today I was just asking myself why that is. I mean, it's just something that I've, you know, just always known and my friends have always known. And I think, I think there's a few reasons for that. I think one being Jewish, I suppose there's the, you know, being able to relate to races that have been persecuted over time. Yeah. I think there's, there's a, a, I guess a shared understanding and sensitivity around many things. Mm. Um, a solidarity so, around suffering. Yeah. 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 And it's not something that was over. Um, sure. But I think I was probably the one to stand up for people, um, maybe more so than others. Okay. Um, you know, in terms of my race, you know, kind of we blend in more. We you know people so, don't see so, me as an ethnic minority kind of thing. So all the way the from back people. when you were a kid you were doing that or as you got older? Oh, no, no. Yeah, ever since I was a kid, really. Oh, okay. So now, just um, in regards to relationships... So mm-hmm. all of that was taken into account when you were going into a relationship or dating somebody for the first time, or was there just a curiosity for what it's like to be with somebody other than somebody from your race? I I won't say something like I don't see colour, but I don't see I don't see the differences being important enough to make a choice around who I'm going to be with. Uh-huh. Now I won't say that I won't say that that wasn't without tension, like family tension and in terms of expectations um of yeah, you know what family wanted, but I think being, you know, my my parents were like, you know, uh you know born just um well during the during the second world war at the end of it. Um and so yeah, my generation I guess we were the first ones who hadn't experienced war and suffering um and so we had a lot more freedom we didn't have to stick with our own kinds of survival yeah which i know sounds very dramatic but it you know it's a real thing um so i guess by my viewpoint was very liberated in terms of who i'm mixing with and who i'm hanging with and when i found myself a a black Jewish boyfriend. It was very difficult hey. for my Jewish one. I know, yeah. His mother was wow. uh, Polish. Yeah. And his fa- father was Ghanaian. Wow. And so, so these West yeah, Africans the get around. I tell you now, they, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the Jewish girls too. Apparently. Um, yeah. Naida, Naida. Nice one. No, no, Ghanaian, Ghanaian. Yeah. Okay. Um, so can you can you cook the jollof uh, rice? Oh yeah. Oh, oh Jesus. No, no, no. Well, we can come back to that conversation because um, yeah, I've got a story around that. Yeah. But so you know, my religion goes through the maternal line. So you know that was a real conundrum for my parents. Well, okay, so she's with this Jewish guy, but he's a black guy. You know, how do we reconcile that kind of thing? And there were lots of, you know, heated discussions um, and, you know, me accusing my, my family of, uh, of being racist when uh, 
when you know they didn't want me to be with him. Um, but that's the only but, thing it could be, though, really, because he he ticked the Jewish bit, though, didn't he? He did, but you know, uh, I guess for them, he wasn't ticking other boxes, um, and and whether that was, but I have to say, it kind of paved the way um, for myself moving forward when I didn't have Jewish partners, um, and I didn't actually have to go through that conversation again with them. It, yeah. I think there was a point where they just realised she's going to be with who she wants to be with. Yeah, that's and, true. Um, and, and, she's, and, go, she's going to be with black men. Yeah. Whether we like it or not. Whether they're circumcised <laughs> yeah. or not, she's going to be with you. Well, exactly. I'm going to let you, I'm gonna let you lower the tone. <laughs> whether, whether they wear the little thing on their head or not. It's going to be black. We're going to have ourselves a little black. Helmet, no helmet. It's, it's still going to be. Okay. Fair be. enough. All right. Fair enough. On. Keep going. Um, now, okay. Of course, we did. <laughs> now, 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 Laura, I'm going to ask you: What was the experience like, though, when you were dating? And so, it, it listen. He was more Jewish than he was African. Oh, shame. He, what, is, what does that mean? He, he was lived in Israel. He could he speak the language. He uh-huh. understood the culture. Right. He had more Jewish friends than he had. Um, you know, African friends, and so if you're born in London, like, um, like you see yourself, you see yourself as English. You don't necessarily see yourself as African. Of course, that's your heritage, and that's where you're, you know, sure. you're, you're in his case, where his, where his father came from. But he saw himself as, you know, just an English bloke. Oh, see, um, I, I, I see myself as Zambian. At, at this point, can mm. I ask? How do you identify, Laura? Because mm. you're Jewish, born in London, yeah. living in Australia. What's your I, identity? I don't know. I'm just me. I'm just me. Like, I don't, I've never really pigeonholed myself in any particular book. If England was playing Australia in, in the rugby. Mm-hmm. With the Jewish ref? You'd go, you'd go <laughs> for the ones with the shortest shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh God, go for the rest. <laughs> See why? Why is just your commentary like all rude, and I'm trying to be highbrow? Like, well, <laughs> hey, we, I, we I, told I you we're like, like naughty schoolboys. We're yeah. the naughty boys. Yeah. <laughs> we thought you were on my side, so you know. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. I'm, I'm okay. clearly bringing it out in you, though. No, so you, so you don't you don't have a specific identity from an ethnic perspective you you identify uh, from a more personal perspective is that what i'm hearing is that, is that yeah correct? yeah i've got you know my background technology right and if i'm just gonna uh-huh. t- tag myself with some metadata i've got lots of metadata attached to me yeah sure. um, is, is any one piece more important than the other um oh. i think you know for me as a foundation if if we if we look at it from a from a from a house perspective, there's a foundation and then everything else is just bricks, bit of roof. Yeah, my bit of, my my bit of my my, re- my religion, I guess, is not from is is more from a cultural perspective, and that's really solid and really strong. It's not so much a religious perspective. Yeah, um, for me, oops, my dear friend, dear Bob. Um, 
Yeah. Jumping Lord, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh, actually, you know what? Now you say, now you just sort of made reference to, to music. Yeah. I have uh-huh. to say, one of, if not the most important um, factor for me is is music. And my connection with my black friends around the world has always been around music. Oh, and brilliant. Even you know, even as a even as a ten year old, yeah. I had a cassette player with a TBK ninety cassette in there, and I would be recording off the radio. I had hundreds of mixtapes, which I still have. I got them all digitized. Yeah, what were you listening mix- to back then, Trevor Noah? No, what's Trevor Noah doing? <laughs> Trevor it, Noah, then? Trevor Nelson. Oh, Trevor, Trevor Nelson. Noah. Sorry, and uh, and uh, yeah, Bob Marley. I I listened to. Um, I used to wake up, set my alarm on a Sunday morning, 5 a.m. to listen to When the Spirit Moves, which yeah. is a gospel show, 5 a.m. on Capital Radio. I love gospel music. I still do. I At 10 years old? Or you do that now? Yep. No, I, no, I did that then. I still listen to gospel music now. Oh, um, nice one. And, and soul, yeah. jazz, funk, soul, jazz, funk, reggae, Motown. My dad had a lot of Motown. Um, and I'm an avid collector of music until you know what if i came along and um, but i still got hundreds of thousands of cds um yeah chronicles the lifespan of black music uh you know in the uk pretty much america and um the west indies for reggae so music has always been a big uh finding factor for having fun going to parties going clubbing yeah um and that's actually always been the connection between um, me and my black friends. Ah, right. You know, can I, can I, can, can I kind ask of you this question, brought the exposure. Yes. If, so, so if you met a white guy that was into black music, do you think you'd have a similar kind of connection, attraction, as you would say to black guys? Uh, uh, possibly. Listen, it's down to the individual. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, you know, I recently, you know, met a guy and we didn't share the same taste in music. And I thought, oh, that's just ridiculous to think that that would be important. But right. I get really, I get really excited about music. Like just before mm-hmm. you, you phoned in, I just listened to this great track by Omar with this kind of reggae beat on it. And I'm just like, you know, I'm sharing it with a friend of mine, you know, yeah. and saying, you've got to listen to this. You know, I get excited by that stuff. Well, I want to get in the car with someone. And share, this is what I've been listening to today. Like, check this out. And I want to jam to that music with someone who gets it. Yeah, true. Um, you don't really want to jump and, in the car and listen to Pearl Jam or something. Or Metallica. No, I'm not interested. No, no, no. The, the Beebs. My boy, The Beebs. Hey, Justin Bieber's. <laughs> it's, it's okay, man. Hence my saying, my boy, The Beebs. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> true, true. Uh, okay, so, so just to understand it. So, so you you listened to the episode last week, and you I heard to all your episodes. Oh, love I'm a fan. This. I'm a fangirl. Oh, listen brilliant. to this, people. Listen brilliant. to this. That that's the woman with class and taste. Yeah, that's uh-huh. it. Um, <laughs> you know, the only reason why I'm listening, the only reason why I'm listening, is just to understand you two better. I've learned so much about the minds of. Uh, of a man from listening to you too and understanding you as individuals also. I find it 
fascinating you know what you what you can learn and what you can tell about people from you know the words that they use and what they find amusing and what they find offensive mm. what's important what's not important uh um, yeah. you know the biases you may have the openness about things or the closeness about things um i enjoy it yeah um, oh brilliant understanding, understanding you you too i mean i find the you know i find the uh the topics interesting as well but um so from last week um mm-hmm. What was your take on what we, on our our observations on the, I guess, the interface between African men, black men, and white Australian women? I think education is a big, education and uh, experience really differs and varies between people. So anyone fresh off the boat, it doesn't mean doesn't matter if they're you know black, white, brown, or yellow or green. It really depends on what has been their broader experience of the world and interacting with other people. So mm-hmm. Daniel, for example, coming from you know Zambia, growing up in London, coming to Australia, you know your outlook will be very different from an African guy coming straight from you know, Zambia straight to Perth and not have not having had exposure to um other faiths, other mm. um you know, just different types of people, not just That's true. You know, women of different colours yeah. and different sizes or whatever. So I think, yeah. you know, if I if I meet somebody who's kind of fresh off the boat, it's very different if they've let's say they've gone to boarding school or let's say they've gone to university and studied elsewhere, their outlook and their experience and exposure would be very different from someone who's, you know, just come from the village or only ever lived in one place and only ever mixed with their own kind. So mm. I think there's a, there's a wider spectrum of experience that really impacts the choices that people make. That's true. How now, that. now, the choices you made, though, um, yeah. the, the guys you, yeah. you dated... So what was the motivation yeah, factor and, 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 and then also what was it like what was their approach like? Have you have uh, you dated a white guy first? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Okay. So can can you highlight the differences? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your undertension. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mute yeah. you. You're you're gonna sit in the naughty corner. <laughs> I'm gonna go in the naughty corner for five minutes and think, think cool about down. what I've done. Think about what I've done. <laughs> go on. Exactly. Go on. Oh. Um, what's the differences? Listen, I, I can only talk about my experience. Yeah, if for I'm sure. Generalizing, then it's my generalized experience. Yeah. Um. To me, I guess my choices are around who I connect to, who I relate to, and I find that black guys generally have a much more relaxed approach um, to life. Yep. Are, are mm. less. Are less. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're in the corner. Mute him. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah I'm going to mute you, Gome, in a second. Yeah. My bad. My bad. My bad. I, I'm thinking. Be quiet. <laughs> go on, go on. You face need to put your finger on your lips. Yeah, and yeah. face the wall. So, yeah, face the wall. Exactly. 
Don't play with yourself. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Maybe you have to edit that. Um, Shut so I'm all, I'm all, okay. Each time you interrupt me, then I just lose my train of thought. Yes. So I have to go back to the sorry, beginning. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, more a relaxed approach to life. Less self-conscious. So more, um, more able to be positive and um, maybe downplay their uh, failings or insecurities or it doesn't, for me, there's a confidence that comes with, you know, a black man. Yeah. And whether that, that comes from nature, nurture, I don't know. Um, I find particularly here in Australia, men are really repressed. Sorry, a white Australian man. Um, yeah. Really, not not forthcoming, not no worries, not proactive. Don't really know how to relate to a woman. Um, very bloatish. The whole alcohol drinking culture. Yeah, I don't connect to. I don't connect to the sports side of you know all the energy that goes into you know cheering on your you know particular team. Top one eight. <laughs> the, the muting will happen shortly, people. Yeah. Sounds like if you if you if you play back like his contribution so far, it's just been like one word. Very, it's it's very random. It's random. Lips. Like a, yeah. yeah you need some reflection here, guy. <laughs> oh, I tell you what. So it's so no, long Yeah. So for me, you know, there's a, I get off on someone being proactive, being confident, being self-assured, being direct, being honest, being open. That for me is very attractive. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, being able to communicate well. Now, you know, I'm not saying anyone's perfect and that doesn't include me either. But it's a much easier starting point for a woman um, than it is to try and, you know, unpeel the layers of a very large onion <laughs> when <laughs> very, it comes to, one. yeah, when it, when it comes to, um, white guys, I find. And, and, you know, and I look back at my relationships and look back at my friends, it is a very common thing. That okay. whole just more relaxed, more relaxed attitude to life, not taking oneself like too seriously. Amen. Um, but, but there's also the thing that I also connect to is the work hard, play hard bit. For me, you know, kind of mental stimulation is really important. So maybe quiet. And introspecting your thought process. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I really respect people who work hard and I, and I respect people who will know when they need to take the foot off the gas and just, you know, have a good time and let their hair down. Um, you know, the drugs and alcohol thing has never been a, a turn on for me and it's a massive turn off. So, um, you know, I connect to people, I guess, who have the same values and outlook in life that I do and enjoy the, the same sort of thing. Okay. Um, so you, why that based on your, your, well, your, Slightly long-winded answer. Your, your <gasps> the preference, the, the preference. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Oh, man. I had to get some tea now just to calm down. Oh, my God. <laughs> I tell you what. I thought you English people no. would be on the same thing. No, yeah. no, no, no. Look, I, I can appreciate that. And I think a lot of it has got to do with, I think, because you there, there's a temperament, a confidence, a, a, a hard work, uh, all of that stuff. I think you, you mentioned it was nature, nurture kind of setup. But the confidence. Well, I, I don't know which it is. I don't, no, know, I don't know which it is. It's actually both, yeah. because okay. the we come from a collective society, mm-hmm. where and and that's what builds a confidence in in us because we're never individuals. When we're growing yeah. up, we're part of a family. Everybody pushes. Nobody, you know, if somebody's doing something, they do it to represent the family. Uh, yeah. So. We're, we're not lost as kids in like, where do I fit in? I think there might be mm-hmm. a part where you're like, oh man, the responsibility is too much. I've got to look after these kids or my, my, li- my, my little siblings. But you know what your role is in life growing up. So we never really are sitting there wondering about this huge world and how we fit into it. Uh, yeah. And then our parents usually, well... Any ethnic parent will will try and guide you and tell you what you should do with your life and do all of that stuff. You should study this and study that and study that. But there's also an element of of showing, but also you know the whole village is there to support you when you're doing something. So yeah. it's and then a confidence side is that you know from a just within our own society. There is no political correctness in terms of, you know, if you're doing something wrong, they're not, there's no, we, we, we built with a hard skin from when we're kids because they tell you when you're mm-hmm. doing something wrong. And then there's no. Well, you, get sla- you get slapped and then you get told. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they hit you with a nice clap and then they tell you oh, exactly wow. why. And then. <laughs> And it's, tell you do, you know, do, it again. do you know why dad? Do you know why dad put you in hospital last week? Yeah, because <laughs> he loves you, son. Because he, cause he loves you. He did it for us, the family. Yeah. But there, there is a a lot of that that goes into it, and and you know, at the end of it, you know, we're we're kind of free spirited. You're not, there's not a lot. I think if you're a kid and you've got a lot of thoughts around what you've got to do and what you, you know, how do you fit into the world and you look at other kids and what's going on with them, it can start to manifest into insecurities that are, you know, that never really go away. And even when you're an adult, you can try and overcompensate with sport and all kinds of stuff. But when it's just you and somebody else, it can pop out, you know. So my, my experience is very different to that, what Daniel's describing. So for me, I grew up extremely insecure. And, you know, it did not help that I had... My, my, no, mates, no, were, my mates were the best-looking guys in, in Zambia. Like, I had mates like Kalumba Musamba Chime was like such a great-looking guy. Marvin... All these guys were really great looking guys. And then I have a brother that looks like Denzel Washington. So that doesn't help either. I think the changing thing for me was when I came to Australia was I realized that, you know, I would be going to school and girls would be stopping me in the street going, are you Kondo's brother? And I'd be like, yeah, he's not here, but I am kind of thing. <laughs> and 
I'm very quickly. How you doing? How you got? I very quickly. <laughs> I very quickly learned how to compensate for my lack of good looks by being able to talk to women. Yeah, but hang on and a that, minute. Did did any woman? Yeah, hang on. Did did any woman tell you you were not good looking? Or was it no, just your it thoughts? Re- relative, relative, relative to the people around me, all the women wanted either my friends or my brother. No, so I didn't get a look in. Might it, might it so have been their a, confidence? From a no, from a confidence perspective, from my perspective, it was zero. Because I'm yeah, going. I'm if saying. I'm going to approach a, if I'm going to approach a woman, she's going to be like, "I'll talk to you because you're Condor's brother." Or, you know, so I, I had to learn very quickly to tap into what do women actually really want? Okay. Is so, it, is it a, is it a look thing that they're after? And I very quickly learned at a very early age, it's not about looks. And so then I started developing a sense of, you know, the Mel Gibson movie, what do women want? And then I just positioned myself in situations where I was able to provide that. So, for example, women will call up on the landline. Is is Kondo there? No, he's not here, but hey, what did you want to see him for? I get into a conversation. Two minutes, you know, we're, we're now having a conversation. And I realized that that yeah, conversation but... meant a lot more than what I could present from a looks perspective. Yeah, so my but those, those came, girls. My confidence came from that perspective okay. that I, am... I, I can <laughs> tap into what women want. And I know I can do that, and therein lies my confidence. But here's the other thing. In Australia, when I came in, the blacks were a minority, but there, were a, there was a positive racism going on mm-hmm. because we were in a minority, but it wasn't a disadvantage. It was actually an advantage at the time. So a cool factor. It was a cool factor. Everyone wanted to be like the black guys or hang out with the black guys. And so I tapped into that aspect as well, where in Zambia, I would never have had that. Yeah, but that's your, yeah, we've got different experiences because I've always been cool. My point, exactly. But, but the, 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 you missed that though. <laughs> I said I'd always been cool. I got it. I got it. <laughs> you got it. I got it. But anyway, I got it. I got it. All, all I'm saying is this, right? I mean, I, but see how Laura wasn't impressed? Yeah, Laura had. To my no. point. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, no. Look here. To I, I'm listening to your, to, to your, to your, and I, I get what you're, what you're saying. But you're, you got there in an under, like a, a underhanded way, right? So you, Doesn't you matter. were diverting Kondo's attention to you, but absolutely, yeah. But you see, I think the only difference between you and Kondo in that time was that he was naughty and he was a confident kid. And everybody wanted so to hang out. Good looking, he was a good-looking guy. Yeah, but he was. It doesn't matter how good-looking you are. It's more. It's more uh, how naughty uh, you uh, are when you're in high school. Trust me, I'm was, telling but you. But I was never naughty. That's I've what I'm saying. The naughty kid. That's why we represent I'm, I'm, different I'm make, sides. I'm, I'm making. I'm making up for that now. <laughs> <laughs> so when when you're in high school, the naughty kids always get a lot of the attention. And that's just right. what it is. So if you're naughty, is, is that across cultures? Is that is that a generic global phenomenon, or is that specifically I feel in a Zambian context? I feel that okay. way. Laura, Laura, what what do you think, Laura? Were you, were you attracted to the naughty boy? No, never. There you go. Never. So obviously, it's not a global phenomenon. No, but look, we're we're talking about Laura as an individual. But if you if you think back of your high school days. 
who were the uh-huh. guys that had a lot, a, a lot more of the attention from everyone? The good-looking guys, and they were not all naughty. Kalumba was the smartest guy. He was never naughty. He was never a naughty kid. He was just a good-looking guy. You know, another guy had Chembo, another guy Dennis. These were good-looking oh, look, I, boys. I don't, know. I, I don't know what a good-looking guy looks like, but I'm telling you, I'm <laughs> telling you because the because here's the thing: the girls would come to talk to me about their problems with these good-looking guys. He's such a good-looking guy. All the girls want him. How am I going to get him? He's such a good-looking guy. I don't feel worthy of it. And now I'm sitting there being the fucking counselor. So what's good-looking? Counselor. Laura, can you tell us what good looking is? So if you look in the mirror, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yes. <laughs> I've never had I've never had that level of attention. So I'm just asking, Laura, what is good looking? That's a good point. Brad Pitt. I okay, I, is that I, what you find attractive? Um, yeah, no, so no, 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 no. But, uh, but, but don't but, answer for no, Laura. No, what I'm what I'm saying is there's there's probably certain people that are good-looking enough that if you ask most people, they would go, yes, I agree. That's a good-looking person. Okay. I look for nice hands, nice teeth, well-groomed. Part of that is looking after themselves, you know, healthy mindset, healthy habits. For me, that contributes to good-looking. That's not about eye colour. That's not about facial symmetry it's not about you know hairdos so for me i guess good looking doesn't necessarily come into it those other things are more important well from a global perspective as a woman what would you what would you suggest would i would say i would say a lot of women would would agree with me okay really but but was was that how you approached it in high school and uni. You know, well, I was at, I was at an all girls school, so um, oh, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. That, but, but, at uni, but you know, but you know, okay, but you know who was on my my wall yeah. as a teenager? MC Hammer from that. Gomez Brown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Condo Brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Tell how you like them apples. Well played. Well played. No, no, wait. So do you remember? Do you remember kids from Spain? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Do you remember it, Dan? I remember so, it. Do you know who I sound with? You're going to laugh at this. Oh, Jesus. Um, Leroy. Do you remember Leroy? Uh, oh, wow. I certainly do. Oh, wow. He was, I, at, at, wow. And at that time, I did not know he was five foot five and gay. Oh, I love yeah, and unfortunately he died well, you, for me. You can't tell when um, he's on telly, though, isn't it? Did he, so... No, that's right. He's, that's he right. was a hobbit. So for me, he had a, you know, he had beautiful teeth. He was a fantastic dancer, and he just had an energy about him. For yeah. me, as a, you know, pubescent female in all girls' school, that's what I found attractive at, a, at an early age, and I don't think that that's changed so much. Okay, now I've got a question for you, Laura. No, just mm-hmm. switching gears a little bit. Now, did you have you have you dated uh, an African w- with a strong culture, and then how yeah. how did that sort of impact your day to day? I got I got a funny story about that. So yeah. yes, I dated and lived with a uh, Nigerian um, for oh, seven years. Seven years. 
Oof. Yeah, and um, so we were we were we had a long distance relationship for a couple of years, and then um, I moved back to um, London. Yeah, and yeah, we moved in together. Now you know, you know, apartments or flats in London are pretty small. Yeah, as you get to the city, the, the tinier they are. So we lived in a really small two bed sort of uh, apartment in um, in Maida Vale, mm-hmm. and I came I came back from holiday one day. He picked me up from the airport. And I walk, and I, as, as we were approaching um, the house, he said, oh, I've got something to tell you. I said, what's that? He goes, um, my mum's moved in with us. <laughs> <laughs> On your way like, back, just like 100 metres from the house. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I wow. was like, in our one, well, it was effectively a one bed. In our little matchbox. full of clothes. Yeah, in our matchbox, we've now got his, you know, 60-something, 70-something-year-old mother from Nigeria. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. I was like, okay, and I'd never met her. Yeah. So here I am, you know, stepped off the plane, get to the front door, go up the four flights of stairs, and and, and she's now, you know, living on the futon in the living room. Oh. And... That was awkward as. Yeah, I bet it was. Small space. It was such a small space. You literally, you know, the kitchen, you, you could just turn around and, you know, touch every surface. You're lucky the living you, room was, you weren't relegated to the futon and she took the bedroom. You're lucky well, that yeah, didn't I mean, I, I, Yeah, well, no, I mean, I offered it. To be honest, you know, yeah. this is one thing that there's a commonality, I suppose, between those two cultures is, you know, they respect for your elders and, yeah. and the hierarchy and, and all of that. Um, and so, you know, I I was prepared. I was prepared to do that. It certainly wasn't ideal, um, but she was. You know, she was happy. You know, to be there. I think she realised that. You know, and then I was back to work. You know, straight away I was coming from work, and then I said, "I've got to come home now." And I've got, you know, effectively my mother-in-law in the in the living room. Um, <laughs> And like, there's nowhere to go because the, the yep. bedroom was like, you know, a few meters by a few meters and everything was so tiny. So, you know, I then, you know, everything found, I then found myself, you know, being very busy after work. So I literally was just coming home, having a shower, chewing my feet and saying goodnight. Um, and, and it was... <laughs> was that, was that was, by design? Awkward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just to get yeah. away from the awkward situations? Yeah, it wasn't because I didn't like her or I didn't like to be around her. It was just for, you know, after work, you just want to decompress and you don't have to mind your P's and Q's and watch what you're wearing and making sure that you're cooking decent food for everybody. Like, it was it was too much. And that lasted for about three months, I think, and then she moved in with her other daughter. Ah, Maybe right. she was using that as an opportunity to check me out. I don't know. Probably. But I have to say, you know, when... When she when she um, was then suffering from dementia, you know, later on in years, you know, I would sit there and massage her hands and paint her paint her nails, and we had a bonding experience, I guess, during that time. Yeah. Um, that I didn't realise that you know later on in life, you know, we were we were comfortable with each other. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Did she she I'm considered I'm you her I'm daughter straight away though, didn't she? Um, I, well, I don't know about straight away. I think it took a bit of time. Yeah. Um, but it also works the other way. Like, um, my partner then had an amazing relationship with my grandmother. 
Um, and my grandmother loved theatre and culture and music. And we would take her to the theatre, you know, the three of us. And I've got pictures of, you know, my black boyfriend with my, you know, Jewish grandmother. Oh, wow. Um, having a whale, having a whale of a time. Yeah, nice. Um, I'm, just, I'm curious about how much of that would have been different if we, if we take his blackness out of it. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of replace that with a a white Jewish guy who has similar values to that to to you. Do you think that would have made any difference? I actually think in both cases, color may have been relevant at the beginning, but it became irrelevant. It was more about the person. Right. I think so both. It, it started both off his, as a color thing. Um, I think inevitably, you know, there's a strangeness. You know, you. But my, my grandmother was incredible. She was mm. just, um, she was, she was a, my, my grandfather was a dentist and, um, she was like a dental nurse. And so they had all, pe- all different sorts of people and, and their practice was at home. So they had all different sorts of people in London coming in and out the house. So it wasn't yeah. that she came from a, a closeted, um, mm. you know, white experience. Um, mm. but I just think that's a really good example of, um, it not making a difference and mm. having having an open mind um, just transcended all of those all of those barriers. I think one of the stories you, I was going to tell you. Yeah. On, you you having uh, a strong culture as well would have contributed to your adaptability to the situation. Because well, yeah, I, I mean, response so, yeah. to that. How? What is a strong culture? I mean, how do you? on the scale of cultural sensitivity or cultural strength, how do you define what is strong and what is weak? Um, Collectivism well, and is something. Yeah, Dan, Dan's used that. Daniel's used that. Um, okay, so th- those are different spectrums, times. but not necessarily a case of strong or weak. Yeah, so... I think there's a... I don't know, for me it's an association to your heritage and, and how right. strong that association is, I think for me that's how I would define it as an individual yes so not as an individual being part of a collective yeah so it's not necessarily a question of whether the culture is strong it's a question of how strongly you align yourself with a particular culture yeah or associate with it connect to it honor it right 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 so so correct me if I'm wrong but Mm -hmm. being Jewish is not a cult it's not a no, not not a culture. It's not. It's not a religion, right? For me, it's a it's a it's a strong cultural association, less mm-hmm. than a religious one. Yeah, right. So my my connect connection to Israel for me is a cultural connection. Yeah, not a mm-hmm. and a spiritual one. Although when I went to you know I went to um, I was living in Israel for a few years and then I I took a trip to Egypt. Yeah, to Sinai. And um, this is a bit of a detour, but it's an interesting one. I think so. Um, I was on this trip with a friend of mine to Sinai, and I felt this vibration. We were on this trip. We were okay. going to see. Oh, stop it. We went. We were going to. <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> we were going. To... <laughs> In your bag. Don't, I'll, I'll forget my story. Go on. Um, sorry. Go. 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 We were we were going to to some dolphin sanctuary or something. I can't remember where what we were we going, but we my friend was car sick and we stopped in this place. And when I got off the bus, 
I felt the whole place like vibrate. And I could feel this like humming around me. And, I'm, and I said to the driver, I said, where are we? Mm. And he turned around and he pointed to a little, what looked like a hill. He said, that's Mount Sinai. Wow. For the and people was, listening that don't understand the relevance of that, could you explain what Mount Sinai is? Well, Mount Sinai is where God gave the, the, you know, the Ten Commandments mm, right. to, um, to Moses and came down from the mountain. And, you know, these were the rules that formulated the um, Old Testament and the basis of, you know, all the, all the religions, really, of, of how to live. Legalistic Christianity. And now your mate is in a car throwing up without any yeah. idea that that's where you were. Yeah, and I just had this. Wow. I had this like I've never experienced it before, so I have, you know, I have a strong association with with my heritage, albeit mm. that my background is more Eastern European than Middle Eastern. But um, yeah, so for me, it's a spiritual and cultural connection um, rather than a religious one. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's re- that's really important to understand because. Mm. One of the things that I've been studying a lot of multiculturalism and particularly as it relates to Australia, one of the things that keeps coming up is, for me anyway, is the fact that people seem to generalize cultures based on ethnicity or race. And so they'll go, Jews are like this, Africans Mm -hmm. are like this, Um, Asians are like this. Um, from a cultural perspective. And I, I understand that that makes it easier in terms of being able to associate behavior with a particular cultural background. But there's so much individualism um, mm-hmm. involved within those cultures, within those races. So I imagine there's lots of Jews that have zero association to religion, spirituality, Mount Sinai, all these things that you speak about, even though they are Jewish. Yeah, but I think you're speaking about outliers. I don't think there's... there's um a lot of individualism in Africa. I, I think there's certain people that are individualistic and those guys mm. are, are like social outcasts than, but otherwise everybody's yeah. brought up the same way. Right. So I feel like I was brought up very different to you, for example, even though I would say, you nah, know, I don't think you were. Ten, I think ten. you you chose later on in life to live a different life, but otherwise, you you were still raised with the respect for elders. You were still raised to be responsible for the younger ones coming up. You were still no, I wasn't. I wasn't. That's exactly my point. I wasn't. What, what were was you not raised never, to do? I was never raised, even though I was a firstborn child. Never ever was I raised to look after my siblings, ever. No, they never told you not to look after them, but they never told you that you were an example for them. No, never. That never came out of my parents' mouth, ever. Um, and uh, what you're talking about in terms of respect for the elders, I, I understood that more from a church perspective rather than my parents kind of raising me that way as well. So I kind of observed it externally and particularly in the church but I was never raised that. I, I think if you look at your upbringing in relation to a lot of people that would be listening that are from Zambia, your upbringing would be yeah. something that is... In, ubiquitous? Yeah, pretty much out of, out of the country. It, it's not something that anybody can relate to. Thanks, Joe and Alice. Appreciate you. For, from that perspective. <laughs> 
because it okay. it would be I think for a lot of us we were raised like my brothers I have to speak them with I have to speak to them with a with a respectful connotation before I speak to them I'm the youngest one right so everybody in my family yeah. I have to pay respects because they're older than me right so I've got well, to do the, that. Other, I was raised that way we we have within the African culture we've got countries within the country context we've got tribes. And I know that from a tribal perspective, there's very kind of unique ways of being, even within those tribes that are very different. Yeah, but not different that language, though. different that food, though. different you know, different a whole lot of things. But not that um, though. For, not what? Not not the respect for elders. That is across the board. Okay, I don't, I can't speak for everyone. I always see, and that's why I prefer to approach culture from a an individual perspective i.e what is it about your culture that you relate to what is it about your culture that is meaningful to you rather than what were you raised with because especially when you're talking to adults i think when you're older yes that's the key but then when you're yeah when we're talking about what the culture is not the choices you've made or the choices you're making what is it what is it what does it matter what the culture is if as individuals we have this volitional capacity to pick and choose what matters to us. Mm, exactly. I think that's what we all do. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what we all do. We pick, we pick and choose what, what, what we connect to, what relate, what we relate right. to, what works for us. Of course. And yeah. I think and that, that, people are all different. My point is that Absolutely. that brings about varying results for everyone, right? Just because you yeah. can pick, it doesn't mean it's the right choice. This is, this is what I say. Now, you can do something... <clears throat> Uh, you can pick something and then it end up bringing you bad results, but you stick to it because you're comfortable with it or you just put we it in the back a, burner. We live, or, uh, fortunately, we, we live in a postmodern world where there is no right or wrong. <laughs> right mm-hmm. is what is my truth. I don't give a shit what anyone else considers right or wrong. It's about what do I choose for me? And if this works for me, but this, I really is, this is what, what I'm saying: is, it's it's sustained. Let's just say it's sustained growth, sustained happiness, sustained all of that stuff, which is what the culture for is who? there for, right? It's it's supposed to guide you on how to live in society, right? These are the this is how we live. Thousands of years have developed this this concept. It's been it's been evolving over a thousand of years on how. How you are, you'll you'll live your best life here on on Earth, right? So, sure. are if you we, saying? Are that, you saying? Yeah, but are yeah. people now happier than people back then with all these choices that I, they can make? I don't feel I don't feel like happiness is the ultimate goal here. But I mean, if if people followed whatever the traditional, but what's the, what's the opposite of happiness? Listen, listen, Daniel, listen. If people follow or the traditional ancient values and traditions, Laura wouldn't have the choice to pick a partner that she wants to pick because it would be predetermined based on the family values, and the family, blah, blah, blah. How would you feel about that, Laura? Yeah, I would have had a, an arranged, uh, effectively an arranged marriage. If, if, that, if that's, uh, but my parents weren't, weren't like that, but, you know, the outlying position of probably many religions you know you take things to an extreme yeah um yeah yeah, it would be i I would i would have no choice 
There's usually a parental evolution, right? Parents come up. I, my, my parents, yeah, my, my parents are very. It was liberal. Uh, it was just very, yeah, they were very liberal. I had no um, pressure. I had, there were no big expectations. Like I was one of the first to go to university in my family. Um, they didn't even know really what that, you know, what that meant. Um, my family, on both sides of my family, were pretty entrepreneurial in terms of, you know, having their own businesses. But higher education wasn't something that was um, offered really to that generation. You know, I think my parents were left school at 15, 16, and, and made their own way in life. Um, so I was charting a path that was new. Um, and so I didn't actually have big pressure from them. And stuff I was just very self-motivated, so they didn't, they didn't need to... Um, push me or cajole me um, yeah i just wanted to share one 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 story with you about just about a, a faux pas i made um with respect to an african elder who was basically the father <laughs> yeah, of that's... my partner Ooh, here we go here we go <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a very short story but still i i find the response kind of fascinating so um, I spoke about the the mother of, of my partner at the time, and I'm speaking about the father. So the mm -hmm. father had come over from Nigeria. We were in my partner's um, sister's home. I think. Oh, does that mean? Kind of <laughs> Absolutely. <not. laughs> hey, someone's giving us a hint. Okay, I'll stop. That's a two-minute call. Make that make like, your story like, quick, like, Laura. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> overtime now. No. Now I'm on overtime rate, so I get paid double. Yeah, speak really slowly. Pretty much. Um, so yeah, it was Christmas time. We were kind of all in the house. Um, all the family was in kind of the living room. All the you know the, the kids and the aunts and uncles, but the father was kind of in a room on his own, and he was unwell for whatever reason. He was just sitting there on his own, and I. I just felt for this guy and I walked into the room and I sat uh -oh. down next to him and I put my hand, hand on his arm oh, and I wow. said, are you okay? Is there anything that you need? <laughs> oh, Lord, oh, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, he needs to explain to me. He nearly jumped out of his chair, even though I think he, I don't know if he was a wheelchair, but he couldn't walk very well anyway. Wow. And Mer he did not speak to me for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Because for, I for the rest of his life. Because I went into... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. He never spoke to me again. Wow. So explain, explain that to me. What did I do? I, because I touched him, or because I was in a room on my own with him? Pretty never, much. You're not. You're, you're not a, supposed to be in the same one. room as him. First of all, yeah. and then second of all, you're you are never to touch him. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can tell you, in 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 oh Africa, right. This is this is like the family functions I go to. The women sit over there and the men over there, right? And it, yeah. when when you go to a full cultural setup, and this is during all of this wedding wedding stuff and the whatnot, and how they relate to it, even when your when your mother in law walks into a room, or you walk into a room and your mother in law is there, she exits the room, right? So this wow. this is so really? that's a full cultural context, right? Wow. So now, as in I shouldn't be in the same room as the men. Yeah. 
So to, wow. to this is the thing. There's a respect there that you know we everybody kind of dances around each other. So uh, now for Can you imagine for a, a woman group being in that context. <laughs> <laughs> like you. I love your reaction. I love your reaction to the to that story because you you got it straight away. We right? knew. Oh, me. Hundred percent. And then Daniel. Daniel, and then she goes, "Is there anything that you need?" Oh <laughs> Lord, have mercy! <laughs> With your arm on his shoulder. Oh no, Jesus, man! Oh my! You God. were lucky to so still be funny. around after that. I think he never told. Yeah. Uh, was it his son? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he never that- told his son what happened. No. So, because for yeah. him, he was probably thinking you were coming on to him. Correct. Oh, wow. That never happens. Correct. That absolutely never happens. Coming on to me. You would have been the cause of his early demise, I reckon. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Because, and he was wow. like, Poof. because even the, really? even like a, an African girl <laughs> would never do that. Nope. <laughs> no, no one gave me. No one gave me a rule book. No one oh, gave me. Well, that there's that. a there's a full rule book here in regards to how short <laughs> the skirts can be and all this stuff, man. It's oh, it's man. right. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, what? but that's 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 very interesting. We I, I like that story. Yeah, that's a good one. Very... I think it's a it's a good one for yeah. the people. That's I love it. I love it. It's a good one so for the people. Yeah, so the, the story, you know, with the with the with the you know, technically the mother-in-law, you know, sleeping on the futon in the living room, and then me touching up the the father-in-law. Yeah. Um, oh. Two very yeah, two yeah, very different stories, which I guess highlight yeah the cultural differences. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and Laura, for me, you know, I was just being caring, you know, for both oh, of them, for sure. and yet the response was. You know, show you, show you, not Laura. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to mess with culture. Um, <laughs> hey, we're we're running out of time, but I want to I want to ask you in conclusion, mm-hmm. what would you say to summarize in terms of your experiences intercultural relationships? Beautiful experience. I mean, I think all interactions where you're learning from other people mm-hmm. and other other cultures, it you know, it just adds to your own. Uh, wealth of, of experience and knowledge and appreciation for me mm. it's just all about yeah learning and growing and and it really doesn't matter what color you are i just have a question and uh if you could play india read brown skin as my play up song mm. Mm. oh daniel do you want to do hey google <laughs> <It's 45. laughs> if i if i could sing it i would oh yeah no we'll, we'll edit that in Okay. So, Laura, you've had some black in you, but you still don't have enough black to be able to sing the song. The the, the confidence uh, levels aren't there, with it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're the one with the voice. Why don't you give it a whirl? No, let me tell I you. would. I would if I knew the song. <laughs> However, you know it. I'm sure uh, I don't. You'll you'll, you'll find that. There's a lot of there's a lot of black people are not afraid to fail, or afraid to to yeah. suck. We, yeah. we we just do what we do. But I didn't understand what you said there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Neither, neither did I. 
but uh, I'm going to say it's been a pleasure having you, Laura. It's been great to hear your perspective. Great to have a female perspective, Daniel. What do you reckon? I think it was it was great. It's almost like we we there's still a little bit left to say. I feel like there's a lot left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so this is the PG, this this is is the PG, PG version. version. I think that we brought it up. But uh, we haven't touched the after hours. So. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? That's when we're face to face. That's the three of us. <laughs> it's not going out yeah. to the airwaves, right? No, no worries. Yeah, man. Now, look here, Laura. Thanks for for. I'm usually stuck on here with, uh, with just me and Gomi. Thanks for gracing us with your lovely presence and for That's sharing your experiences with it, with us. And no uh, yeah, that was uh, that was episode eighteen. And uh, what an amazing, what an amazing, what an amazing <laughs> evening it was. Oh man, tell you what, it's been a blast. It's been fun. Okay. Voice out. Voice out. Later. Laura, catch you on the flip side. Everybody, 